Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Cam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I'm Renee and she is Tam. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, Tam. Hey, Renee. How was your weekend? I actually had a very decent weekend. Uh, surprisingly, it was uh, very calmer than what my weekends usually are, but still busy to the point where Saturday I had uh, just a lot of different parties, dinners, and all kinds of stuff to go to. I didn't make I didn't make all of them, but uh, I made two out of four, so I made half of them. They were just, you know, going away parties, actually two going away parties, one wedding, and uh, one dinner party. So, uh, you know, it wasn't so bad, but it was nice and relaxed and uh, just a bunch of running around, but, you know, actually really relaxing. Well, anything to keep you out of the club. Well, it's not exactly. like you exactly go to clubs, but you do you do like <laughs> do a you? good rave, a good concert and a good um EDM party here and there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey Renee, no Vegas? I haven't heard you talk about Vegas in a while. Well, you know what? It's surprising that you asked me that because um I did have a couple of buddies that uh have asked me if I wanted to uh, go to Vegas soon. And I'm sitting there looking at him going, oh, man, I want to go so bad. But I know, Tim, I should stay away from that place because only God knows that I just my budget is not is not there yet. <laughs> OK, so I'm sure our listeners were waiting on Renee to say something to the effect of, well, yeah, I just know I should not be going because I go to Vegas too much. I party too much. No, he didn't say any of that. He said his budget. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Well, <laughs> while Renee talks about his budget, well, I won't say talk about, while Renee contemplates his budget, I'm going to tell you guys about my weekend and we're going to jump straight into the wreck fest because that's all you can call it. And yeah, in a nutshell, I stuck to the house. It was a low key weekend for me. I did go to a event on Friday night, which was pretty crazy. It was like an old school fashion show with all the old heads, as we would like to say. Richard Roundtree was there. And I'm sure you guys are like, who is Richard Roundtree? You know this guy because he was Shaft in the movie Shaft, the original Shaft before Samuel L. Jackson. So he was there amongst some other famous models like Pat Cleveland. You would have to Google her because you wouldn't know, but she was a groundbreaking model way back in the day and she hit the runway. I mean, this woman looked amazing. She's damn near 70 and she looked like she was 30. Kudos to her. But nonetheless, let's talk some NASCAR. Renee, the wreck fest, the rain delayed wreck fest was everything. I feel bad for saying that because it's like, uh, we're saying that a wreck fest was everything. But I don't care if you like NASCAR or if you don't like NASCAR, you were intrigued with that race. Yes, absolutely. I mean, this this race practically had everything but the kitchen sink in it. Uh, it, it was. Well, hey, um, who's to say it didn't? Because if you looked on the track, I mean, it was enough debris. That it could have been a kitchen sink shoot. <laughs> you know what? That is absolutely correct. I think watching this race, I, and I think at one point, uh, Tam, I think I tweeted, 
I have taken a nap. I went to go run five miles, and I think I baked a cake all at the same time. And uh, that was only for one through one red flag or one caution, I think. And that seems to how long these cautions and these red flags were taking. I mean, at one point, I just, I, I mean, I literally just like, I almost forgot a race was happening. There was so well, many stoppage. I was like, God, I was like, what is going on here? Well, we had the rain delay at the beginning. It was like they did 12 laps. And next thing you know, we were under a red yep. flag for weather. Yeah. I believe that was almost a two-hour delay. And in fact, I'm trying to figure out what was I doing during the two hours. That's what's really mind-boggling. Hmm. I'm a, I need to get my, my short-term memory checked because I seem to never remember. I'm sure I dozed off at some point and then woke up and I was like, gosh, th this, this caution is still... I mean, it was, it, crazy, it was completely just bizarre and and crazy it just it had, like i said this thing had everything but right off the bat tam i think we should really well not not we I, i'm gonna say me more than anything else because i had just talked about this guy you had asked me about him in the last episode and it seems like sometimes when i talk about a driver they end up showing up and making me eat my own words and and i feel like i end up sticking my foot in my mouth you had just asked me about Casey Kane the previous episode. And remember when we were talking about uh, Casey and we were saying, uh, well, actually, I was saying, because I do remember this specifically, Tim, when I was saying, like, I don't know what it is with Casey. If I don't know if he's lost his drive, his motivation, but he seems like he's just been non-existent. And then he just shows up because he just needs to show up and finish, finish the end of his contract. And then... He goes off and wins this race in the Brickyard. And I'm going, <laughs> what? I Everybody, <laughs> Renee, was going, what? I couldn't believe because what I was, I was seeing. I, honestly, I felt bad because I know you're supposed to root for Casey Kane, but I'm not going to lie. I was rooting for Brad Keselowski. Yeah, I know. And out of. Towards the end, like, our, both of us picked Kyle Bush to actually right. win this race. And he looked like he was going to win it. Yeah, my dark horse was Kevin Harvick, if I'm not mistaken. And your dark horse was, who was your dark uh, horse? I believe my dark horse was Jimmy Johnson, if I'm not mistaken, which he was he was yeah. still there towards the end of the race, too. But, of course, you know, <laughs> I mean. Should we even talk about Jimmy now? Like, honestly, we have so much to cover. God. But I feel like, and, and for our listeners out there, just hang on to the edge of your seat. We're sorry to give you a recap, but. This race was so crazy, so good. I feel like we're probably going to talk about this race for about 20 Yeah, probably minutes. so. But you know what? Nonetheless, I do want to just uh, right off the bat congratulate Casey Kane and his team. They just made the right moves. They was at the right place at the right time, you know, considering everything that went on yesterday in that track. And um, you know what? Kudos kudos to Casey Kane, man. Nah, that, that was just crazy and insane. Okay, what wreck should we go to next? Since you mentioned Jimmy Johnson, I guess it's just only right we jump into Jimmy. Yeah. And we may bounce around. So we're at this point talking about towards the end of the race, but we may go back to the wrecks prior to that led up to that, which led up to the restarts. Jimmy was smoking. And I mean that literally. Jimmy was smoking. The car was smoking. Everybody on social media, the broadcast analyst NBC was like Jimmy is smoking and Jimmy I mean he was killing it on the restart and then at one point he had pulled 
in front. But then when they took it three wide, I was like, yeah, this is not going to end very yeah, well. Yeah, you could almost see. And sure you could, enough, it did Yeah, didn't. Tim, you could almost see that something was not going to go right. Somebody was going to wreck, and you just didn't know who it was when they went that three wide. But for some reason, it ended up being Jimmy Johnson, and uh, he went he went straight into the wall, and that was the end of that. Yeah, it was Jimmy, Brad, and Casey Kane yeah. three mm-hmm. wide, which was crazy. And we haven't seen a lot of speed from the Hendrick crew this season. But the way Jimmy got the jump on Kez, you know, and, and he didn't really get so much of a jump, but he was there. And then all of a sudden his car like accelerated a little bit. And you were like, what is going on here? Yeah. But we already know how it ended for him. <laughs> I would like to go back to how this all started with all these wrecks, because um, the guy that we did pick, our driver, uh, that, Kyle, right, Bush. Kyle Bush, the number 18, you know, him and Truex were going at it, and they seemed like they were getting pretty aggressive. And then at one point, I think once, and they, and they, and all the drivers admitted that Kyle Bush and Martin Truex Jr. were the top two uh, fastest cars on the track that day. And, it, and it, one of those guys was going to win it probably if they would have finished the race. And I, and I, and I would imagine that it, it would have been. However, when they wrecked and, Right after that, it just seemed like it was an open door for anybody to take. And that is why I'm still so surprised at Casey Kane coming out on top at the end. I mean, because even going against Brad Keselowski, how does Casey Kane beat Brad Keselowski, which is so crazy. But at the beginning of these wrecks, I mean, Kyle Busch and Martin Triggs Jr. obviously were the fastest cars. And then right after that, it just started a wreck fest after that. I mean, here's the thing, Renee, let's kind of go back and think about, although Martin Truex Jr. stepped up and took full responsibility for that crash, it was going down. Every week we're talking about Truex Jr. and Kyle Larson. And Bush will be there, but something will happen and, you know, his day is done or he comes in top 10. But it was really, truly the Truex Jr. and... Kyle Bush show and Kyle Bush was not playing. He won stage one and two. So it was actually really a shame. Everything that was on the line, you know, he would have been the first three Pete winner at Indy because he, he won the last two races at Indy. He still hasn't won a race every week. He's there, but something happens. So it would have been great if he would have won this race. But unfortunately, it just wasn't in the cards for him. Let's kind of take it back towards the end of the race. What about that crazy accident with Trevor Bain? Wow. I mean, did you see where Austin Dillon was involved in that? And Austin didn't even want to get out the car. He wanted to finish racing. Yeah. And the safety crew guys, you know, the officials was like, dude, you got to get up out of here. Yeah. Because I guess he looked at his car and was like, it's not that much damage. I'm going to go back and race. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, it was just accident after accident after accident. I'm sure we done missed some accidents. Well, but y- your boy, your boy the- Clint Boyer got into one of those uh, accidents. Clint. Yeah. Yes. I was a little disappointed because he's barely hanging on to a playoff spot because he hasn't won a race. Right. Yet. I was a little disappointed when I saw him get into it. You know. Casey Kane winning, that's what makes this thing so crazy with Casey Kane winning, Tam. L- look at the window of opportunity that, that some of these drivers, uh, it's closing quick. I mean, Casey Kane winning changes everything I, in the play, everything. yeah, in the playoff format of, I mean, he takes up another spot. 
So now if you're just trying to get in on points, that's not, I don't even think points is going to be able to do it. I think you're going to have to win a race. And there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good drivers out there that are still on the outside looking in. Matt Kenseth still hasn't won a race. Junior hasn't won a race. There are a lot of people who haven't won a race. And I think now we only have, what, six more races left before the playoffs. On that note, let's kind of jump into our top 10 from Indianapolis Motor Speedway and then our point standings. Casey Kane won that race, as we already talked about. Brad Kozlowski still came in second. Ryan Newman, who had a quiet day, came in third. And you know I love me some Ryan Newman. Ryan was actually quoted as saying, that's not racing, just craziness. <laughs> and I have to agree with, with Ryan. Yeah. It was craziness. Joy Logano quietly came in fourth. And Joy actually needs a win, too, because as we all know, his only win this season was rude encumbrant. And he hasn't been running that well. So he needs to get another. He needs a win to kind of secure his spot. In fact, he may be on the outside looking in if he doesn't. We had Matt Kenseth in fifth, and this will jump into some conversation about Matt Kenseth in a bit, but Matt still has not secured a ride. Kevin Harvick is in six, or came in six. Daniel Suarez came in seventh. Matt DiBenedito, I always mispronounce his name. You guys know what I'm trying to say. He came in eighth. And Chris Busher came in ninth. My man AJ came in 10th. I, you know, honestly, Indianapolis is not a restrictor plate track, but the results and the aftermath and the wreckage was like we were running at Daytona or Talladega because it was just pure craziness, as Ryan Newman said. Matt Kenseth, he said, for the most part, the restarts were kind of ridiculous, and I have to agree with him. It was just crazy. Really quick, some notables. Danica actually came home in 11th place. Cole Witt came in 12th, and I feel like there's something to be said. Like, Cole Witt quietly always kind of comes on with a top 15, top 20 finish when there's pure craziness going yeah. on. Because I feel like those drivers that hang out in the back, typically end up somewhere they finish the race so when you have your jimmy johnsons and all those people out because those guys are in the back somehow they always end up finishing. right and i think somebody tweet I, that i i remember reading but somebody tweeted that they were amazed at how all of after all of those wrecks danica patrick avoided all of those <laughs> and i thought it was well, i thought it was funny but it, it's it's very true if you think about it it is you know? it is well, I don't know if you saw the tweet somebody was saying, I believe Kyle Bush blamed her for the accident or something. And I was like, I don't recall hearing her name all day. Yeah. So how did she do anything? One thing I do want to say, Eric Amarola, it was his first race back and he quietly came in 13 How about that? Yeah, not bad. Chase Elliott, his engine expired. That was like the first time that's ever happened in his career. And that's pretty crazy for a Hendrix engine to to expire because we just don't get that with the Hendrick engine. 
And this sounds so funny. His engine expired. Like I don't know. Like well, he it blew yeah, up. Yeah, I know. It just How about that? I mean, but the way that it's it's said, it, it just makes it sound funny. And I mean, and of course, as as a NASCAR fan, you know what that means. Or even if you're just a, a car person in general or a mechanic person in general, you kind of know what that means. But it just sounds funny because even in the medical field, we have a terminology that we say it, it, it expired. And uh, usually, when you you know you say a patient has expired, you mean that they've they've died. Or, you know, they're, they're deceased. They're dead. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we just say he died? Right. He's dead. Right. Why don't we just say the engine blew the hill? Exactly. <laughs> Who knows? Okay. One thing that you'll find interesting: it was only sixteen drivers who finished on the lead lap. Yeah. That's wild, and. Um, if we didn't mention, or if I didn't mention it, Kyle Bush, I believe I already said this, but Kyle Bush won stage one, stage one and right. two. So that was and, uh, pretty real, cool. And oh, Jeff, go ahead. Go ahead. Tell me, I'll oh, let you finish ahead. there. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to say that uh, I saw one, of, and hopefully if our listeners haven't, or, if, or I'm sure that they, they have already, the picture and the little the little small video that we posted on our uh, Instagram, where it, it shows Martin Truex Jr.'s car literally just on fire with flames, just engulfed in flames. How this guy managed to just get out and literally just jump out and walk away from that is insane. And Kyle Larson did the same thing because, you know, his car went up in flames as well. But that goes to show you, Tam, these guys, man, I mean, I don't think I ever want to hear anybody make fun of NASCAR drivers, NASCAR, the sport itself ever again, because Anytime that you can walk away from an accident like that, I'm I'm telling you, Tim, that is just that is just something else to watch. You know what I'm saying? Let's not forget how Kurt Busch had to jump out as well, and he was actually pinned against the yeah. wall, but he managed to get out. And he seemed a little dazed and confused when he got out. Whereas Martin Truex Jr., Martin Truex got out and was mad because I saw him like kind of yeah, he was motion his pe- hand he was like pissed Look. off. He he really was. We never really see Martin Truex get mad. Right. And Kyle Busch wasn't as mad as I expected yeah, him to be. Yeah, you know what? Be. I'm surprised he wasn't going ballistic. Yeah. Now, he didn't want it with Martin Truex Jr. We already know that because Martin Truex Jr. is kind of like Dale Jr. Who's really going to get mad at either one yeah. of those guys? Truex, believe it or not, is still in the lead in regards to the standings. He has a 48-point lead over Kyle Larson. and if you guys recall Kyle Larson was deducted or NASCAR deducted 35 points from him now you know that he didn't finish the race and Truex didn't either but I guess he finished a little bit ahead of Kyle Larson he it you know gave him or he's able to maintain a 48 point lead well Harvick's in third and he's 97 points behind Truex Kyle Busch is only 107 points behind Truex in fourth position in the standings. And Denny Hamlin, low-key, is in fifth, but he's 168 points behind, so I doubt he'll ever make that up. That is what's going on with your rundown for the top 10 in the point standings. I think we should probably get into a little bit of driver's talk, and we're going to jump back into Casey Kane because... It, you would think that the chatter would have kind of calmed down once he won a race, yeah. but it cranked it up even more. Yeah, you know, Tim, I know a lot of times it always seems like this could always be a Dale Jr. type of show, it seems like. 
because I know we always talk about Dale Jr. He is always a hot topic, and this is his last year of racing. But Casey Kane deserves this entire episode to be about him for more reasons than not just him winning. And this is part of it because he won this race. The owner of of the team, Rick Hendrick, has been forced to come out and uh, answer some questions because like we've talked about, Tam, you know, we've always been trying to figure out, well, what's Casey Kane's future with this team? What's, What's Casey Kane's future behind the number five? And we were pretty much, I think, we were pretty much on point by saying uh, it's pretty much safe to say he's probably done after this and where he's going to end up next year. Who knows? I mean, he does have a contract through 2018, but he doesn't have a job. He's, he, he doesn't have a sponsor. He, does, he, he honestly really probably doesn't even have a car. But the fact that he won this race really has put Rick Hendrick in a kind of a weird position. So he still maintained, Tam, because they they did interview him and he did say that uh, there still is not a for sure answer if Casey Kane is going to be back or who's going to be behind that number five. So he can't answer that uh, truthfully and honestly because he just doesn't know. But he did say we're going to see how the rest of this year plays out. Now, if Casey Kane somehow miraculously rattles off another win or finishes these last five, six races, top five, top 10, somewhere close to that, he's going to have to seriously think about keeping the keeping the number five under Casey Kane. I mean, wouldn't you think so, Tim? No. Well, I mean, yeah, it's possible. I think, no, I think Casey Kane's time is done at Hendricks. Okay, so you're, what you're saying is that regardless of what happens, he's, he's pretty much done. I think his time is yeah. done. The thing is, I, I felt, I don't want to say that I felt Rick Hendrick was being fake in the winner's circle, because I think everybody in NASCAR genuinely was happy that Casey Kane won a race, yeah. because it had been forever. I think he hasn't won a race in like two or three years. Yes, yeah. 102 and I winless think, streak that he snapped. Yeah, I think everybody was genuinely excited and happy for Casey Kane, but I felt like it didn't change anything. He has no sponsors. What is Rick Hendrick, the premier team in NASCAR, to do with a driver who has no sponsor? Yeah, wow, that that's I, tough. I think his time is done. I, I it's just as simple as that. I don't know. I could be wrong. Hey, you know what? I I was one hundred percent correct when I said Alex Bowman was going to be in the number eighty eight, and then I started buying the hype and the Kool Aid and fed into NASCAR silly season. By the way, shout out to my article, NASCAR Silly Week. You can check it out on beyondtheflag.com. It's actually a pretty good article. I just talk about why do we call it NASCAR Silly Season when, in fact, every week in NASCAR is a silly week. So check it out. Shameless plug there. But, yeah, I, I just think his time is done and it's a wrap and time to move right. on. So, and maybe Casey Kane winning this race was just more or less, and it could be looked at as, well, maybe he's just trying to save himself a job for next year, regardless of where he ends up. Maybe he's just trying to show sponsorships of any point, of, of any kind, saying, hey, look, I can still race. I still love racing and I can still win, which obviously is the case because he won this past weekend. And maybe I think it was just something, not even just that. I think a part of it was uh, for himself to prove to himself that he can still be good at, at, at racing. He's, he's just proving to himself that, that I can compete. You know, I can still ride with, this, with the big boys here on the track. And, you know, and, and even Brad Keselowski, 
uh, like you said, all, all of the drivers were so happy that he won. And even Keselowski was one of the guys that, uh, and cause we know how competitive Keselowski can be. And he came in second. He said after the race, like, you know, wow, like, you know, when you get so close to tasting victory like that, you, you just want to eat it all. Obviously he didn't get to, to win the race, but he did give, you know, Casey Kane a lot of props and he gave his crew a lot of props for making the, the right calls at the right time. And, making the small adjustments that they needed to do to to win the race and uh I thought that was that was awesome that he said that. It was all good, but he still <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're right about that's that. That's all I'm gonna say on that. <laughs> Speaking of Brad, I don't know if you had an opportunity, but Brad actually pinned an article on his website bradracing.com where he talks about the fault in our stars, meaning our superstars, and it's actually a pretty good article. He starts out by saying a few weeks back, he had made a comment about Kyle Busch and how he handled the situation, losing the Coca-Cola 600. Then he talked about how he took a lot of flack because some people, it's a tough call. You know, can you justify his behavior? Should you not justify the way he act? You know, it's losing, but should he be passionate about losing? He goes into much detail about fans understanding that athletes and celebrities are human. In fact, I think at one point in the article, he just flat out says, the point I'm trying to make is that athletes are human and that they had faults or that we have faults and that fans sometimes don't understand that. But it's a really good article. It was actually published a couple of days ago. So take the jump over to bradracing.com. Check it out. Pretty, pretty, pretty good article. You know, Brad is pretty intelligent, and when he pins something, it's definitely worth reading. It's usually long because we're long-winded, but Brad can talk, you know, but yeah, he's he very sure intelligent. <laughs> we're intelligent, but he's intelligent too. Yeah. So check out that article. Let us know what you think. Now, let's go into, you know, I want to talk about something. I'm stirring the pot, but hey, let's just keep it real. Say it how it is. I was a little disappointed that the stands were so empty in Indianapolis. Wow, very empty considering it's Now, I thought maybe it was, yeah, maybe it was the rain delay and they kind of left and didn't come back. But I was just at Indianapolis or in Indy for the 500, for the IndyCar 500. And it was 100,000 people there. I always hate when, when, uh, you know, we have to talk about, you know, the, the fan attendance and stuff and it's being so poor. Maybe the rain delay had something to do with it. You're right. Maybe some people just, you know, left and were like, okay, we'll come back, but they just never made it back. I don't know, but I'm hoping that weather had something to do with it, but, uh, it's always disappointing to see attendance very low, but especially at a track like Indianapolis. Uh, it's just so disappointing. But, you know, who knows, Tam? Hopefully, you know, it'll it'll get better. So, and considering Dale Jr.'s, you know, last time possibly racing at this track, you would thought that, I mean, you would have thought that, you know, the, the attendance would have been a little bit higher than that. But um, I, I guess not. I don't know. Well, they definitely missed out on a great race wherever they were. When we were in India for the Indy 500, they had a huge concert going on so it was probably a good 50,000 people at the concert well it wasn't probably that many but it definitely was at least 20 10 or 20,000 that's understandable maybe if the stands were a little empty 
But there was just no valid reason for the stands to be empty. And the rain wasn't like it was real rain. It kind of came and passed. So I, I just don't know. I mean, I, like I said, I was disappointed. They, those people that may have left missed out on a great race. Those people who didn't show up, who watched it from TV, dude, it's in your backyard. Why wouldn't you go <laughs> to exactly. the race? One thing that has kind of come to the forefront is NASCAR is having or taking a lot of slack for the overtime and the way the restarts are being handled. Personally, I was a little disappointed in the late caution because I felt as if I shouldn't even say this, but I'm going to say it. I don't know if Brad, I think Casey Kane may have not, he may have not won that race if NASCAR caught the caution and then allowed them to restart because that last caution was very late and how Casey Kane won the race is because he was already over the, the line. overtime line. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. And uh, I I saw some of the the media talking about that specifically, Tim. And I think I'm kind of with you. Actually, I know I'm with you because I thought about this to myself as well. And I said to myself, if they don't make that late caution like that, then they get a restart. And I just knew that Kislowski was going to take that checkered flag. But when I saw that caution come out so late, I was like, somebody must be a Casey Kane fan. I was like, what? That's what I was thinking. It was was almost like NASCAR wanted him to win, maybe so they had a new (laughs) storyline. That's how I felt. And that's a shame. Like, are we that jaded as NASCAR fans that we think about that kind of stuff? Yeah. It was pretty crazy. Like, let me see if I can pull it up really quickly. But I remember we posted a poll on our Twitter account and we just flat out asked people what they thought about it. And it simply asked, was NASCAR a bit slow throwing out the caution for the last accident, which ended the race? Hashtag Brickyard 400. 64% of the people who voted said yes. 16% said no. And 20% said that's racing. That's pretty overwhelming. I mean, I that was my initial thought. I was like, okay, wait, did that caution take forever to come out? It's like the referee on the football field who reaches for the yellow flag, but it's going in slow motion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, by the way, I, I do want to tell our listeners and um, all of our fans out there that listen to our podcast, Tam does put a lot of good polls up. Uh, on our Twitter account, on our Instagram account as well, and all our social media. So please go and check out our social media at Turns No Breaks across the board. Please go and, and check uh, check out our, our pictures and our and our videos that Tam puts up. Uh, they're really, really good. So uh, if you guys ever get a chance, you know, hit us up on our social media at Turns No Breaks. Well, thank you. And while we're giving shout outs, I want to give a shout out to our new listener, Pam. She found the show. We love it when you guys find the show. And she sent us the nicest message on Twitter, basically just saying she found us. And we are glad that you found us. And we're happy that we found you. And she actually participated in our Twitter chat. Make sure if you do nothing else next Monday, I'm sure you probably have work, maybe about to go on lunch, just came back from lunch. 
Even if you're on lunch, you got your cell phone, chime into our Twitter chat. That happens on Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Our hashtag is NASCAR talk. We put the questions out there and you guys answer them. And today in this past Twitter chat, you guys went really, really hard. And I'm going to use some of those comments as our fan comment of the week. It's that time of the show where we talk about our fan comment of the week. I feel like I'm going to jump back into the NASCAR Reddit board next week. But this week, I want to shout out some of our followers. Okay, let's do it. I asked a bunch of questions. I wanted to know what people thought about who was going to be in the number five, Casey Kane, that kind of stuff. But I asked the most important question that you can ask today. Renee, do you know today is National Tequila Day? I did not know that. And I feel like my Mexican card should be revoked because I didn't know that. <laughs> you are Mexican-American. I think once you just become, you know, it is what it, it is. is what the it American is, takes over. Maybe I might over. have a shot of tequila after we get done with this podcast. <laughs> I know, right? Okay. So simply put, the question was, it's National Tequila Day. Which NASCAR driver would you love to throw back a couple of shots with? Renee, I'm going to ask you that question. Who would you like to put back a shot with? Well, I'm going to say right off the bat, I'd love to throw a couple of tequila shots back with Smoke. I guarantee you that. After what we saw last year. At, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I would definitely love to just slam some tequila shots with old Smoke. But uh, current drivers right now, I'd love to throw a couple of tequila shots with Dale Jr. I, I know that for sure. And he just seems like he would let even more loose than he already is. So I can't imagine after a couple of shots of tequila how he would be. But uh, Jimmy Johnson uh, strikes me as another guy that I'd like to throw a couple of tequila shots back with. Very interesting. And it's interesting because when I posed this question on Twitter, I was waiting on everyone to say Dale Jr. I thought people would say Smoke and I knew they would say Clint Boyer. You'll be surprised who dominated the conversation. Ooh, who would that or be? who dominated the comment? Ken Lee and his Twitter user is Front Row Kenny. Shout out to Front Row Kenny. He actually said Clint Boyer seems like the perfect person for that LOL laugh out loud. And then we had Jonathan hits his user is JTBAUD24. He said Clint Boyer or Junior. Blaney would probably be fun as well. So that was probably the only person who said Junior and Clint Boyer. But surprisingly, the overwhelming response to the question was Blaney, Blaney, Blaney. I mean, Ryan, his user is Roster, Roster, R-O-S-T-R-A-N-D-E-R-88. So clearly he's a Junior fan. He said Blaney. And let's see, Jonathan, like I said, said Blaney, Alex Ray, user Alex Ray, R-A-E-Z-Y-D-E-L. She said Blaney and Chase Elliott, but I feel like it would get a little crazy and she put some emoji faces. I don't know what kind of crazy she's talking (laughs) about, but we're going to leave it at that. Tiffany chimed in and her user is Tiffany T-I-F-F-A-N-Y-S-H-A-N-D-E-L-L. She said Blaney for sure. We had uh, Cherie. She said Logano. 
Yeah, I mean, for the most part. And then we had K, user K-N-A-L-L-E-N-24. And she's clearly a Elliot fan. You know, she has the number 24 in her user. She said, definitely Blaney or Chase Elliott. Now, I'm going to give you my opinion about Blaney. I said a couple of weeks ago, I thought this guy had the coolest hair ever. But I feel like when I look at Blaney, Blaney, to me, is not a NASCAR driver. He strikes me as a F1 driver. He has an incredible swag. And not to say that NASCAR drivers don't have swag. Something about that guy screams to me, international playboy, lover, lover, Formula One driver. Ha ha, I'm getting out my car, fan me. I have the best hair in the world. You know, like he just has something. Right. I don't know. I can't explain it. But even like that that little thing he did a couple of weeks ago when he was hanging out with Rutledge Wood and he jumped in the pool and he got out the pool and he put his fingers through his hair. I was like, go Blaney, go Blaney. <laughs> but yeah, so if I was going to have a shot of tequila, I'm actually going to go out on a limb and say, I'm having my shot with AJ Armadanger. Oh, right on. I don't know if I would want to drink or have a shot with Clint Boyer. And you, you guys know, if you listen to this podcast, Clint Boyer is my guy, but he's more of a beer guy. He's not a tequila guy. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm having my shot with AJ Armadinger, and I'm having my shot with probably, I don't know, of course, Tony Stewart, but if we're talking about current drivers, and if I had to pick a young guy, I don't know, AJ Armadinger is the only person that I'm having a shot with, so I'm going (laughs) to leave it at that, and I guess we can go into some predictions, predictions, predictions. It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. So I'm going to ask you this question, Renee. Who you got? Alrighty. Well, here we go. I'm going to make this really nice and simple. I want to go with Kyle Busch because I think that it's it's getting down to crunch time. And uh, if anybody can pull it off, I know it's going to be Kyle Busch. And I'm going to be honest with you, just the fact that I said that, I'm going to go with Kyle Busch. I, I, I think it's coming to crunch time. I think he knows. That the, like I said earlier in the podcast, that he knows that, that the window of opportunity to just get in based on points is closing faster and faster. I think he knows the circumstances of it and, and how important it is to just win the race and not wait and see if you get in on points. I think he understands that. I think his crew understands that. And, uh, I think Kyle Busch is going to uh, win this race coming up this weekend. So I'm going to go with Kyle Busch as my winner to take the checkered flag. And as my dark horse, I'm going to go with Kyle Larson. I don't I don't know why, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle Larson ends up coming up winning this race either. But Kyle Busch is my uh, favorite to win, and I'm going to go with Kyle Larson as uh, my, my dark horse. Okay, Renee's going with a Kyle and a Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> Not a Kyle, but a Kyle. Right. <laughs> as in a Bush and a Larson. Okay, so as I do every week, I'm going to give you the past 10 at the track that we're racing at. And we're in Pocono this weekend. And I did not say Poconos because, you know, I always say Poconos, but we're at Pocono. So our past 10 and just brief little history. We've been racing at Pocono since 1974. We race twice a year, typically once in June and once in August. This race is actually July 30th, so it's at the end of July, almost August. 
I have decided once again this week to reverse the order. So I'm going to read from early years on down to the current year. So 2007 for the August race, we had Kyle Busch take home the checker flag. 2008, Carl Edwards. 2009, Denny Hamlin. 2010, Greg Biffle. Oh, hey, Greg. 2011, we had Brett Keselowski. 2012, Jeff Gordon. 2013, Casey Kane. 2014, Dale Jr. 2015, Matt Kenseth. 2016, if you guys recall, last year, that's when Chris Buescher won the race, which is still like, dang, he really made the chase, as we called it last year. He made the playoffs. So just a few patterns. We have uh, Denny Hamlin's actually a four-time winner at Pocono. Jimmy Johnson and Kurt Busch, not Kyle, but Kurt Busch, are three-time winners at Pocono. And Junior, as in Dale Earnhardt Jr., is a two-time winner. We've had the last two races, we've had some young guys kind of step up. So Blaney won the race earlier this year. Well, we can't even say earlier. He won the June race, which technically was last month. And that was his first ever win in the Cup Series. And of course, like I just mentioned, Chris Buescher won the race last year. And there's no patterns to talk about in the Xfinity races because we've only had two Xfinity races at Pocono. So on that note, I haven't given it much thought as to who I think is going to win, but I'm going to go back with my quiet assassin. And that is Matt Kenseth, because I feel like Matt Kenseth is knocking on the door and he needs to win. I've, and I, I don't mean this in as harsh as it may sound, but unlike Casey Kane, I feel like people really want Matt Kenseth on their team. So I feel like Kenseth may find a home quicker than Casey Kane will. Right. So I, I really think that Matt Kenseth needs to win this race. I hope he wins. And I'm going to go with Junior as my dark horse because now that it's been announced that Junior is going in the booth. Hey, did we even talk about that? Okay, well, Junior is going to be in the booth for NBC and he's going to be covering NASCAR next year. And there is a possibility he may in the future end up covering some NFL games as well as some, oh, the Olympics, because NBC has the Olympics. So there's chatter about that. But first, let's see how good he does with NASCAR. I think he's going to do most excellent with NASCAR. My only pet peeve is I really want Amy to put him in some more fitted suits. Like I need Junior to step up and be GQ. Yeah, I really need Junior to step up his suit game because now you're you're out there for the masses. It's not just NASCAR folks that's going to be watching you on NBC moving forward. It's the masses. So Junior, Amy, if you ever listen, step up the suit game. <laughs> Definitely got to come up with that suit game and look really nice on TV. But he looks always looks nice. And I wouldn't see him looking any other uh, other way than sharp in a suit and on NBC. So uh, my congratulations to Dale Jr. on that. So listen, those are our predictions. Uh, if you guys got predictions, please let us know. Like I said earlier in the podcast, you could hit us up on our social media. It's at Turns No Breaks across the board. We do love for you to uh, engage with us on uh, Twitter and or our Instagram. We do appreciate you guys listening to the show. If, if you know any other NASCAR fans like we are, 
that would love to listen to our podcast, please turn them on. Please find our podcast, All Turns No Breaks on iTunes. Uh, please subscribe, uh, leave us a message and a comment. Please rate and review us. We always do appreciate that. This is a podcast for fans by fans. And we always appreciate your uh, support. Be kind to each other. And for Tam and for myself, we will see you here next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 